Bienvenidos a la Chicana Mother Work Podcast. This is Cecilia, Christine, Judy, Yvette, Michelle from the Chicana Mother Work Collective. We are a collective of Chicana, PhD, mother scholars, artists, and activists. The Chicana Mother Work Podcast aims to create a communal space for dialogue that sheds light on how the labor of mothering can be a transformative act within academia and beyond. Porque sin madres no hay revolución. Chicana Mother Work is intergenerational. Chicana Mother Work means carving space. Chicana Mother Work means healing ourselves. Chicana Mother Work is an imaginary. Chicana Mother Work makes our labor visible. Our labor is our prayer. Our mothering is our offering. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Judy. We are doing a really short mini re-entry into the podcast. What's up, Judy? What's up? Hello, everyone. We're back. We're, we're sorry we've been away for a long time. We um, tour in the book talks and conferencing in our own transitions. And um, we're just kind of wanting to do something quick to say hi and that we're going to continue our season three of Chicana Motherwork podcast. Yep, and we're trying to be more consistent this time around. Um, yeah, because it's been really, it's been really hard. But you know what? It's been good. It's been really, there's, there's change. And so it's been awesome. And I just want to say that um, we're, I'm re we're recording from at a distance. So I'm recording, there's a Denver and where are you at, Judy? Ontario. Califas, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so our, our colegas and homegirls, Michelle, Ceci, and Yvette are both um, aren't available to join us today, but we just honor them. And um, also I want to mention that I'm really proud, really excited to see the new podcasts that have been um, um, springing up since the since we started doing podcasting work. It's been a few years. And um, back in the day when you would like plug in Chicana Latina or something on iTunes, like nothing would really pop up, like very, very rarely. So it's been really beautiful to see the growth on on podcasting um, out there. Who do you follow right now, Judy? Do you follow anybody in particular? Uh, no, I just a bunch of different ones. Right now I'm more into like um, audiobooks because I'm trying to get my reading on. But um, Ansal Doing It is one of the ones that I have, the um, Latinx parenting that Ceci just shared with us that I'm listening to. Me too. Um, you know, I haven't been listening to podcasts in, in a minute either, just because I, I stopped commuting this winter, mm -hmm. but I've been reading more and, um, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do it when I was stuck in traffic and that was my time where I can do it. Um, so it was good, but also you can't really do it when you're with a kid sometimes because it's <laughs> well, I'm listening to way too many questions in between interrupting my podcasting. <laughs> so I just stopped doing it. Oh, it's all good. We'll get back to it. But Judy, let me ask you something. Um, where you been at? What have you been doing? What's your update? <sighs> I know a lot. Um, I know we're trying to look at when was the last podcast and it was a while back. Um, I'm still at Cal State Fullerton. I'm teaching there um, in three departments. It's been a really, really amazing opportunity for me. As always, it's always there count my blessings in teaching all the time with my kids since they moved to a new school it's been super awesome because it's just nearby I walk it sometimes most of the times I'm running late so I don't walk it <laughs> we drive over there real quick drop them off but it's been really good they like it um so that's pretty much what's been going on with me nothing nothing crazy still family my sister uh just uh started her new semester in August uh, at uh, is it August? Yeah, August um, at UC Davis. So I'm excited. That's our, she's our last baby. Um, so really, really, really happy that she's, she's loving it. So I think that was uh, one of the biggest things for us this year, her graduating from high school um, early in May and then in August starting, starting school. And so it's a proud moment for all of us, especially because she would always say, no, I don't want, you know, I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to be going to school. And to hear that it was all fucking just giving me a hard time. You too? Um, well, since I, I think since the last podcast, I'm, we were probably on the market again, or was my first year on the market. This is my second year on the market. And, um, from last year, I, I, um, I landed a postdoc at uh, CSU Fort Collins. And so I've been there for, uh, this is my second semester time flies. It's been, it's been really fast. 
I'm going to be, I'm working with Los Caminos. So I'm working with um, a project really based off of um, working with like recently arrived immigrant um, students of color from Latinx or Chicanx backgrounds. And um, that's really beautiful um, working with the students there. Um, and then part of the component is we, uh, we work with the, the CSU mentors, which are first generation students of color who speak Spanish. And then we go to the Fort Collins High School to teach students every other week. We teach them about community culture wealth. And so they're starting to learn and unpack their own identity. It's really powerful work. Um, but I am a commuter, so I am coming from Denver to Fort Collins, and last semester was really difficult for me just because it's an hour and a half, and I was work, working under two units. And it was challenging, but it was um, a learning experience, right? Like, this is the difference between being a grad student and being, like, in between, you know, um, you're not really a, a full faculty, yeah. and you're really a, like a student anymore so it's been a really powerful transition I'm learning a lot and so I was just really blessed to have that that opportunity to be a postdoc and this semester or this job job market season I've had a few interviews and I have a job talk I'm just not gonna say where <laughs> not yet but this this job opportunity um is I'm really excited about just because it's so, so close to my heart and so, so close to my community. So I'm just going to say that that much and, and just ask you for good juju that um, I can land this position because it's just my heart, right? And so, but anyway, it's really exciting. I'm really, really excited. Este, so many changes. I just feel like we haven't talked to the audience in a long time. Um, we've just been talking to different audiences. Este, um, I don't know if we want to transition from like where we've been at to where our, our kids are at and then maybe talking about our book talks because that's a lot of the work we've been doing have been book talks. Yes, but I think I want, I want to go back to, I think how you talk about how we're in the, in the, in the middle, right? We're not professors or, or, or tenure track professors and we're not graduate students or, you know, undergrad students. And I think that's something that I always... I struggle with that too because I see some of my graduate students or even undergrads that are struggling or you know having to just kind of go through the day through day and it's it's it feels pretty recent to me right so we remember how hard it was uh, being doctoral students and kind of surviving and navigating and stuff so sometimes I'm like I feel you I feel you the students and they're like how do you you know they don't understand <laughs> that I'm like well I'm not a full you know a tenure track professor so I feel like I'm more of a graduate student and I think that's something that I struggle with too because, but it's a good thing, right? Because we're more sort of understanding and compassion to what they're going through. And, you know, it's something that a lot of times uh, we might forget, right? That how hard it is. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, that's crazy. So this semester I'm going to be teaching in this, my class starts in two weeks. Um, I'm going to be teaching a, a research methods course for qualitative uh, research analysis. And I'm excited um, because it's so fresh in my mind still from you know writing my dissertation. And I, I'm gonna be working along with my comadre. Um, I made a new friend at CSU. Yay! <laughs> I, have, I, have I know you were dying to have some friends over there. <laughs> Do you wanna be my friend? Do you wanna be my friend? Like, who's gonna be my friend here? Um, I'm like talking to the deer and shit because nobody is around. And they kept running away too. They're like, hell no. <laughs> it's so wild. But like CSU for Collins is like in a very rural-ish area. It's a little college town. And so I slowly started to meet um, down people. And there's a real good handful of folks who are super supportive. But this colleague of mine, I'm going to give her a shout out, Dr. Carmen Rivera, who I love. She's a Chicana from New Mexico, and she's just dope. Like, when I gente, like, when y'all meet her, she's really, 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 like, beautiful spirit and heart. Um, fierce as fuck. And so when I met her, I'm like, oh, my gosh, she looks like she could be my sister. Like, literally. Like, aesthetically, how we present. And also, like, I feel spiritually. Anyway, so some stuff like a lot of transition right like trying to like feel settled in my postdoc I get to work with her and um 
and I'm going to co-teach the research methods class and we're going to be teaching PhD students, like helping them with their analysis. So I'm really excited for the opportunity and I'm like, I wonder how the dynamic's going to pan out, right? Because we've experienced firsthand the different trials and tribulations of writing that dissertation and writing the analysis part of it, which is really the pain in the butt. Like, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But I'm hoping that we can support their their thinking and their analysis and their writing and, you know, and they're in this journey. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we're going to support yeah. them to make it, make fierce, fierce as, fierce as F, um, <laughs> um, you know, dissertations. That's our hope. So, yeah, I, I hear you when you say, like, I hear you. I feel you. I know you're going through. This is painful. Yeah. We're here to support you, you know. I mean, last year I taught a qualitative uh, um, methods course and it made me like, I was reading a lot of stuff too with them. And I'm like, man, I want to go back to my, my data and, and analyze things through, even through a different lens now as, as, a, as a mother of three. Because back then I, I was just recently, I think I was pregnant when I was collecting my data and trying to analyze it and trying to like survive and trying to get, you know, get out. You know how they tell you just uh, good dissertations, a done dissertation kind of thing. And so I think it's something... That, that I think about is going back and, and trying to see if you could, you know, publish something now through a different lens because qualitative uh, methods is all about, you know, the researcher, right? So as well, where they're at. So. We'll see. But oh, yes. So now uh, with our kids, how's that coming along? Well, how are your kids doing? <laughs> what have you been doing? Is I know you're. Well, I have my Lunita's eight. She's in third grade. Um, Tino is in first grade. He's six years old and Joaquin is still not in school. <laughs> He's four. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been good. I'm not gonna lie. So I think, um, I've always, uh, and I don't know, I always wonder if it's just, if I'm the only one going crazy with helping him with homework, um, or what it just feels like hard. And I was telling you all before that, um, through our meetings that I struggle more, mostly because I, I want to be there for her my kids because my parents weren't able to help me with my homework and I even did one time in one of my undergrad courses we um in our it was in our digital testimonials course where I did a video and I did a video of what I remember just my dad coming home he was the one that spoke the most English so my mom would just have him come home and he was tired he was burned out you know he was, he's a mechanic and so I remember feeling even worse because my mom couldn't help me and he was tired and he was frustrated and annoyed so I would cry and I would be really upset so I said I you know I I have the, the privilege to help my kids. And so when I come home, even though I'm come home from, you know, um, teaching, which is like, okay, it's not as bad. You're not doing anything with your body, but it's still, you know, the draining in terms of brain. And now the homework that they have, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you teasing my brain right now? <laughs> Cause it's like really complicated. It's not like finding the answer as it used to be back then. Like just get the answer in there. Now it's like, find the answer in five different ways. Oh my God. Um, and it's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? And you're so tempted to just go online, <laughs> Google it. And the good thing nowadays, right, that you that we can Google the the sheet and then just kind of look at, okay, how did they do it? And then <laughs> try to tell Luna, okay, Luna, no, this is how you do it. But then it's it's hard because I have the answer, so I'm able to help her, help her. But it's draining. It's hard, and I feel like man, it's gonna get harder every year. Um, so that's something that I that I that I struggle with and I, I hope I'm not alone <laughs> um, with it. I thought it was first that they were going to a school where it was dual. And so I felt like maybe that was what was hard because we had to do her, you know, the traditional general ed courses and the, um, the, the Mandarin homework. But now that we're in a school where it's not, you know, we're not doing any dual, I would have thought that it was easier, but the homework still just as hard and challenging, but but we're there, we're, we're doing it. I think Luna's having to, um, I put her in an after school program. Um, so she goes there um, two days out of the week. So that's been helpful. At least two days I get to escape from having to help her with homework. But I'm very, very, um, I wanna be there. No matter how tired I am, how drained I am, I wanna be there. And I think that's from my own childhood that I wanna make sure that they don't feel like, you know, I don't get the help in school and I don't get the help at home. I don't want that feeling because that was very discouraging for me even within math, right? Because I didn't understand the concepts in class. And so my mom, when she would tell me, you know, didn't you go over this in class? I'm like, yeah, but you know, sometimes teachers don't help you or you don't get it as one. Well. So I always try to 
calm myself down and you know because you do get frustrated when when they don't understand but i bring it back to like okay i remember i was struggling so how can i help her i find different ways to try to help her and, and tino as well but it's hard she's in what grade tino's uh, first grade and then luna? luna's third grade and tino was a huge difference because i think something happened um in his other school where he was sort of like um behind because of the math concepts the way they were learning them and so he got he, at a really in this is in kinder i noticed that he felt very sort of discouraged so i don't know what happened that he probably felt like he was um like not the smartest or he wasn't good at math that he just loaned it off and he didn't want to do it um so when i moved him to this school um i don't know what happened to him that he felt more confident he's like mom i'm really good at math or you know something happened that he was able to see then so now he has the confidence so it's really really all about like that one moment that somebody says you're you're not smart enough or you're dumb or you don't know this that it just shuts you know kids down at an early age and so that's been positive for me with him that he that motivated him to want to like school because he didn't like school yeah. um and so now he loves school he loves math and he he's he like pumps himself up. I'm really good at, at reading mom or this and that. And so it's been really helpful where I feel like no matter what a mom says, like you're smart, you're really good in math, you can't control what kids say at, at school. And that's, that's hard. And so I'm glad that he was able to either find somebody that told him that, or he, you know, got it within himself or what it was, but super thankful I don't have to do that. Cause it hurts as a mom. Well, so you can't control it. Yeah, and sometimes even their own little friends les dicen yeah. cosas and they they really like that kind of like that's really they internalize it right and so it's yeah. really hard like Hanitio, we moved him to a or he tested into a dual immersion school here in denver and so um that's been really good for him i think we just needed to change him because there was a lot of shift in his old school where there's like a change in leadership. And I think sometimes that really sets the tone for schools. Leaders. Um, and he's been doing good. Like he understands, he understands Spanish. He speaks it, he reads it. Now he writes it. And it's like, that's amazing. Like we're really excited. Um, most recently we've been playing my mom. We went to um, LA for the winter break and my mom, pulls out the loteria card and at first he was like not interested um not loteria card the loteria game but um once he saw us all getting like really into it that we we're using dimes like we're like quote-unquote gambling según nosotros right like, you know, dime, you know, dime per card. so he was like oh there's money involved so then he's like oh let me see <laughs> so then the who got all into it and because he could read spanish he was like laying the cards out and he was reading them so and every time he'd come to be a metiche to see what we were doing and he joined like either me or alfredo he would win like so he would get the money wow. <laughs> because they're letting him win because he would just win you know um yeah. so i was like yeah, but honey, how cool it is that you can read english i mean spanish now right so he's he's doing good like he's i like his campus um I love his maestra who's from Puerto Rico. So he has a little bit of that um, the island like accent <laughs> when he speaks in Spanish, which is awesome. And then the way they say certain words are not the same as we say in Mexico, right? So like they don't say pastel, they say torta, right? Like, so he, we think it's a torta, torta, like a torta ahogada, but no, it's a Vietnamese, <laughs> right? So then it's really funny to see that because I, and similarly, like when I, as a Spanish speaker, uh, native Spanish speaker, like I learned Spanish with some Argentinian, um, like what I sent, no, I sent to Argentino, but like I, I learned some of the words they use in Argentina that we don't use in Mexico, but sometimes is used in, in, in Puerto Rico or other places. So it's like, there's a common, common words that, that, that remind me of like, Oh, I remember learning that with my teacher. Cause I had a, I had a, I was in AP Spanish and I never really took the test. I didn't know what the test was for again, because I was not college bound, but I learned a lot from this Argentinian maestra who was really strict. But anyway, to say that, yeah, he's doing good. And, um, and if we move back to Los Angeles or California, like I, I'm thinking about like what happens next. Cause he tested in the 86 percentile for gifted and, and um, um that's really awesome right like and i'm like it's it's i you know i've had these conversations with a colleague like 
what does that mean, right? Like he will then be, um, again, margin, not marginalized, but then marginalizes a lot of other students, you know, but I don't know, like I think about that and if we go back to Los Angeles, um, I think about where I would want to place him. I think what makes me excited is that he'd be among more students that look like him, you know, and I think there's a little bit of shame around that in, in terms of him speaking Spanish and um, he'll say that he's Chicano, which is super adorable. <laughs> yes. It's super adorable. And I'm like, you're second generation, little homie. It's really different for you, you know? <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Oh, Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, that's something. And I think that's one of the things that I love about this play, this school is is uh, there's a lot more students of color. And I think they, they love that and they, they, feel, they feel that. So I think that's really, as I was talking to a, a colleague about that too. Like, what do you do? Do you put them like, what, since our background is in education, right? Do you put them with students of color or do you put them at a school where they are, they might be marginalized in these uh, magnet schools where they might be one of the few students of color. Um, so it's, it's hard. Yeah, right now I'm loving the fact that they're with, uh, surrounded by students of color. So. Yeah, I think this school también, this school that he's in, um, you know, it's really interesting because aquí también hay mucha gentrification happening and um, the community he's in, it's in the northern side of Denver and so it's pushed out a lot of uh, people of color from the neighborhood and you can still see like there's there's like pockets of POC there. But we also know, like, historically, there's the Chicano movement really um, sprung up there in the north side of Denver. Um, but that, that particular, like, location has been renamed, right? And renamed not by the community, but renamed by real estate. And so we've seen the shift. And then we've, we've heard um, when we were there, we've, 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 we've heard through the discussions with the coordinator, the bilingual coordinator, and also some folks within the academic community in his school is that um, because of the push out of, of the community, the local community, um, they're really trying to get more students of color and Spanish native speakers to come to that school because they're, get, they're not there anymore. You know, they're getting pushed out. Um, but again, it doesn't mean that it's, they've dislodged all pe people of color because, um, um, it, we've heard that school used to be bad and it used to be a middle school so it's huge um, you know, now it's shifting with the new leadership that's been in place for a while um, it's really diverse and I really love that too like you see kids you know more students of color in that neighborhood, that neighborhood than where we were currently at it's crazy you know but I mean again like going home would be amazing right because Mm -hmm. that means going home that means he'd be closer to familia and to um our community and to friends and to grandma and grandpa you know so yeah, yeah i don't know well, how do you do it Porque i think that's one of the things for me that's hard and yes so that i'm only an hour away from my family but uh, i always think of like god forbid an emergency and my you know roger's at work i'm at fullerton which is 40 something minutes away you know with traffic how to get them out you know that's the, what's so important about having familia close by and for you living in denver you have nobody i mean can't even get friends up in there <laughs> um, you know how i am amiguera like who wants to be my friend <laughs> it's been tough girl like and then i now work in fort collins right and i think that's been i had to really evaluate like that for myself as a commuter um is i didn't have the opportunity to um to move to Fort Collins. And so, and for a lot of different factors, right? But also at the end, making a choice, financially, I couldn't afford it. And um, that would mean to uproot my whole entire family, right? And so I I commute, so una vez, and, and granted, I we had to buy a second car, a used car, which I didn't want to buy another car, right? But I'm like, we kind of need to right now, por si cualquier cosa, you know, we have a vehicle to move around. So I made a handful of friends I trust. I'm here, but they're also professors. And so they have a really busy schedule. Um, but I put them down in the emergency cart for cualquier cosa. Mm -hmm. um, but one time, girl, I caught the bus. And, and let me just say, like, when I catch the bus, there's only a bus that goes to Fort Collins in the morning. And that's it. If I miss that bus, I can't take the bus. That's it. I can't. 
I can't, I can't make it to Fort Collins early enough. So one day I caught the bus and the weather was kind of wonky. I wasn't sure if it was going to snow too much or not, but we were planning a big event. So I went to campus to Fort Collins um, and a snowstorm hit really bad. And I forget where Alfredo was. He was here, um, but like they closed down Denver schools. And I was like, I just freaking made it to Fort Collins. It's a three hour commute. Like one way, one way, one way. I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to get back to, I can't, I need to go back home. But I couldn't leave because this bus only leaves one more or other time to Denver. And that's it. If you miss that bus, you're screwed, right? So I was like, oh my God, I was freaking out. I was like, fuck, what are we going to do? Um, anyway, <laughs> I was thinking about the Greyhound because sometimes the Greyhound will co- go Fort Collins to Denver and I was like I need to get out of here I'm gonna get stuck here in Fort Collins with the snowstorm how about Hanizio what the heck like that's the only frustrating part about living in a place that there's snow once mm-hmm. in a while um is that you don't really know if the school closures are gonna happen or not mm-hmm. and so lo bueno fue que Alfredo estuvo aquí right like he's here and he went to go pick him up and I had to wait till like three o'clock to catch my my bus back home and that's another three hours and because of the snow that was like an additional like hour <laughs> like it's been, that's that's been the most challenging part is the transit right and i think yeah it's been tough so i'm like i for sure want to go back home por si cualquier cosa and you know girl like and i know i know folks out there like who are in academia and have done this before like there's a possibility that Alfredo and I might have to like separate for not like relationship wise, but like he might have to get a, take a job up somewhere in a different state. For, and if I were to get this, this job back at home or a job back in Cali- in California or here in Fort Collins, if I stay for my second year for the postdoc, like there might be a possibility of the separation, right? Which is going to make it really hard. Um, and I would, you know, by instinct want to keep Panitia with me. I don't know. But that's also like stuff that's been coming up with two academic people, like yeah, you know, like what happens next? Um, it's tough. <laughs> that was like long-winded. It's tough and it's been scary sometimes. Pero si cualquier cosa pasa, I can like call um my femtor dev to pick up Hanizio or my homegirl Evelina to pick up Hanizio. But again, the community's been growing really slow with us. Um, but now I can say cualquier cosa. I can hit up some people that Hanitza will recognize. Yeah. He's like, I don't know you, which is good. <laughs> which is good. Oh, yeah, that's good. I know I saw that somebody put it on the pod, um, my, sorry, on the Instagram saying, like, you know, how you raise your kids, right? And sometimes you feel like, oh, are they being bratty? Are they being rude? But it's like, no, you're teaching them. I can't find my phone. It was in one of the Latina, Latinx parenting Instagram things where you're saying, um, like, you raise them to be that way. And, and, and that's a good thing. When they question you, you know, that's, that's a good thing. And, and I was having a hard time with that too. <laughs> like, yeah, look at this, especially Luna. Like, you know, tiene her good comebacks and I feel whack I'm like damn it but it's like I, I, I taught her to speak up and that's something that you know I, I didn't have that you 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 had to stay quiet yo antes when I was growing up I would just give like my attitude to my mom like no más levantabas your eyebrow and I knew that you didn't agree with me <laughs> but now Luna won't freaking raise her eyebrow do her attitude body language and speak back <laughs> to me like yeah girl you know I would have gotten slapped by my mama but I guess it's different ways of embracing it so. Our first generation immigrant parent experience. You can fucking, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, if y'all don't follow Jonathan on Instagram, you should follow follow him. 
I tried to hit him up on Instagram about like talking to us at Chicana Mother Work, but Lafu never responded. <laughs> did. I was thinking about it too. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool. You know what, girl? I think I realized, Jonathan, if you're hearing this, like we really want to talk to you because we're mamas and we like we just do some funny shit. But I heard, I think he lived in Colorado because he said he left from Colorado to California. So now he's in LA. Um, I still want us to, to see if we can interview them, interview him um that was funny but anyway he's funny he like does like the mom memes and the mom little skits but this i don't know what makes them different but the soft spokenness part of like mom's talking shit is what makes me laugh yeah because that's, that's how my mom <laughs> was oh well, sometimes not always and that pinche camiseta que se pone la cabeza is hair that shit's hilarious do you yeah did you ever, I remember growing up, um, my mom nunca nos dejaba tener long hair. I always had short hair, and I hated that. I don't even know. For the piojos. Like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. For the piojos, <laughs> and it was probably for, she, she would always say for, like, because it would get hot in, you know, in Cali, and she goes, for the sun, the piojos, and the, este, como se, dolores de cabeza. I don't know, she made all, all this stuff up. And I used to hate that. I used to hate any girl that was, like, with long hair waving it at me. I felt like she was <laughs> throwing it at my face. So I remember I would put a media on. And I would braid up the media. <laughs> and I'd be like this. <laughs> wow. So Jonathan reminds me of that. And I'm like, bro, just wear a media. That looked really cool. Like, se mira como hair. Trust me. I know. And I would always wave it like that. As I would braid it up. <laughs> and then I will get embarrassed when they'll catch me. I'm like, hey, no hice nada. <laughs> Oh, Judy, that's wild. I didn't know that about you. That was me trying to have long hair, girl. So he reminds me a lot of <laughs> of, of me trying to do that. But yeah. We could interview our moms one day. Yeah, I know. I've seen like an in Me Too where they have that. It would be, be nice. Really cute because my mom, she's now a follower of our work. So, and then just to like, that'd be tight. Anyway, maybe it could be put that on our agenda. Maybe we'll interview our moms. That'd be fine. Yeah. That'd be nice. So we should do a time a time check. Yuri, do you want to talk about our some of our book talks that we've been to? Yes. Do you have them listed here? No. The last ones that we have, I'll just talk about those because it's our most recent. Yeah. <laughs> it's at UC Berkeley. That was amazing. Like the the group of of, of students there, super amazing. And and we had um, Victoria join us, which is one of our our. Contributing authors um, in our book anthology, she was there with us. Um, she drove out there. Um, she has three babies, and and I thought it was really really sweet that she she joined us for um, for that talk. Um, but yeah, it was they're super amazing. They treated us like royalty. We never been treated like that. Yeah. It was super super nice. You want to add to that? Yeah, that day was awesome. Um, it was a long day. We we started with NWSA, right? Like in the morning, yeah. we did the NWSA um, conference. So NWSA uh-huh. stands for the National Women's Studies Association Conference. And we've been going for a few years. And it's one of, uh, one of the most powerful conferences I've ever been to. And I think I came out a good time, right? Because um, oh, we all came out a good time because that's when more women of color were integrated into the work. Like there was a call for action a call to action to to bring more critical women of color voices to the space. And so we were all like in love. Um, like this is a dope ass space, right? And so, oh, let's talk about a little movie that we did when Michelle got invited to the panels and we were like <laughs> behind badasses. ¿Te acuerdas? And we all oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, first Michelle was one of the panelists. How awesome is that? Yeah. Woo! Super. My friends huh our friend is famous yeah we thought we were gonna get vip seats and everything (laughs) (laughs) yes we were sitting right behind some amazing women and we had like a like a a goofy moment where we didn't know what to do we all froze it was really cute and and like the seat so like um we snuck in we didn't sneak in because it was open but the front seats are usually reserved for like like you know, senior badass scholars like Angela Davis, important people. <laughs> important people. <laughs> yeah, important people. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Patricia Collins was there, like Audrey Lord, and so um, wait, was was Patricia Collins there, or am I tripping? 
who who else was it? Oh yeah, I think it was her, huh? Yeah. So we're you know we 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 do a lot of our work around this these frames, right? These amazing scholars, aunties, we like to call them. So I andamo las cuatro like we we went to go support um Michelle's panel, which was a powerful panel, and we were like, fuck it, let's go to the front. And we were teasing Michelle, like sending her like trolling messages that are like, hey, so what's up? Can we get to the green room or what? Like, can we can we go to the <laughs> can we go be famous with you? I'm with the DJ, you know, like yeah. trying to get in the front. And we so ignored her phone. <laughs> our text <laughs> totally ignored us, which is good because that would have been super distracting, but. We, we, we went all the way to the front and um, to the left side of stage and it said reserves until one homegirl's like, no, go sit there, right? And so we do and we were, we were like, wait, we were like row three from the yeah. stage and then we're like realizing like, oh, we're behind Patricia Collins, well, of, um, Angela Davis, who often comes to this conference as well. I think Audrey Lord was there and it was um, Audrey Lord. I'm sorry, not Audrey Lord. I, como se llama esta? Um, not Audrey Lord. I apologize. Audrey, Audrey Lord's in Spirit Worlds. I forget the name of the other author, um, but these amazing like scholars. And so it's the man. Audrey Lord was there in spirit, if anything. She <laughs> <laughs> was there, sitting there in that row too in spirit. Um, but yeah, we were like, oh shit, we're like behind the aunties. So it was really cute. It was really cool, and it was really cool to see Michelle on stage. Yes, as a panelist, talking about all her um, collectives that encourage uh, Yvette. <laughs> oh yeah, Yvette <laughs> started. Wait, can you talk about it? Let me look. Let me look up the t- the name of her podcast. Of Yvette's podcast? Yeah. Oh okay. Um, no, she's, she's, probably, she's probably gonna hate us. But it was funny. We're clowning on her because um, Michelle was presenting on all her work that she's done right since day one um so she's talked about the several different collectives she's been part of and being her last one being uh chicana mother work right and so (laughs) after that she introduced us to a few of her like um graduate collective friends that she she had um and so it was really nice meeting all of them but i was clowning on yvette because after we met all of them it was ceci me and yvette and christine you were being social like always on the floor there <laughs> and then Yvette I don't know if she was thinking out loud or not <laughs> like that's so cool that she's part of different collectives I should be part of different collectives or something like that like I should I should do a join a different collective or something and I turned around and I was like that's what you got out of this whole thing <laughs> and I'm laughing she was not happy she's like that's not what I meant <laughs> So we clown her now. Like, it's okay, you can start different collectives. But then we've decided she's not social enough to start different collectives. I, was like, I told you, this is why we, we bond so good, because we don't talk a lot. We're really shy. So she's like, yeah, you're right. We never let it go. Love you. <laughs> I think the podcast, and she's going to get mad at us. Sorry, Yvette. You can, you can say what the name of your podcast is, but... Um, her, hashtag, her hashtag is grad school femturing um, oh, yeah. and she is on itunes and um she's you can find her her graduate school grad school femturing um podcast online it's basically like nuts and bolts about graduate school um and probably other things too um she goes really deep into some of the work like Eva is really well-rounded and an amazing support system mm-hmm. in terms of that. Like she, um, that's mm-hmm. kind of like her job as an assistant director right now and at UC Santa Barbara. Um, so she has one, for example, your GRE transcript and fee waiver questions answered. And so that's Yvette's like amazing strength, but yeah, it's her, it's the collective of herself, basically. So let me tell you back. So the one of a Latinx parenting, the post that I saved, it said, let your kids call you out. It's not disrespect. It's healthy. Kids can be so fiercely aligned with their values that they will take nothing less than respect they deserve. They will not take no BS, not even from you. Congratulations. You are raising an empowered child. I was like, save. Yes. Okay, good. Because I was thinking like, you know, like our parents, like my mom's like, que no ande de malcriada, que no ande de sangrona, que no te habla así. You know, and so you always feel like you, I hear 
the voice, my mom's voice in the back of my head when I, when I see her giving, not, well, yeah, like that attitude where I don't agree with you, mom, like what you're telling me or something, you know, um, it's, it's hard doing that balance between your mom's voice and your voice of, I want her to have a voice. <laughs> I was like, I need, I need to frame this to remind me constantly that it's okay. But I have to put it somewhere donde no lo mire ella porque, you know, I feel like también se vuelan, you know? <laughs> these kids it's like her coming back to me i told you i have a voice and i'm gonna say what i have to say but shout out to my little lunita this year we're running and i am so proud of her because it's been hard i've been trying to harass the neighbors there's a young couple that just moved in because where i live it's like a, a lot of older folks one of them that he's so mean he doesn't even acknowledge me he'll say hi to roger but not me um yeah so he's really messed up so i thought like this is it sucks when you're not you know growing up with where I grew up with my mom, like everybody knew each other. Los Latinos looked out for each other. Aww. You know, like I remember I used to hate one of my, um, our, my neighbors that I would be like, man, sabe todo. She knows everything. Every time I tried to that one time I did school, she caught me, called my mom and dad. My dad's right there in front of me. I was like, how the F did you know? <laughs> like that kind of good vecinas, you know? They're like, ya la mira, yo en la tienda. <sighs> so that's kind of like, that's kind of everything <laughs> that everybody knew each other. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous that I don't have that. And and half of me is okay because I'm really shy. I don't want people to know my business and when I, when I be yelling at my kids or anything. <laughs> but the other half is like, hey, if something goes down, I want to know who's, who has my back. Who do I run to? You know, yeah. these scary movies, you run to your neighbors, like open it, you know, open the door for me. So there's a new couple that just moved in and I'm trying to like get them to the, the lady to run with me. I was, I've been trying to harass her. I even tell Roger, like make friends with him so that I can go running with her. And it never happened. And I, that was my excuse. I was like, oh, well, I don't have anybody to run with. Because I've always, always I, need, I need to do everything in community. I, I can't ever do anything by myself. And so Luna just started saying, mom, let's go. Let's go together. And we do try to do it. If She'll wake up at 6 in the morning before going to school. Oh She'll do the, the two miles. And now we moved on to three miles. And now we'll do it at, at 6 la tarde because I, I felt bad. I felt bad because she would just have to get dressed and go to school. My goodness. But she's doing it. She doesn't complain. She doesn't do, like, I'm the one that's like, you want to do it? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> but it's cold, no, Luna? Like, And she's like, no, mom, let's do it. Like, oh. All right, let's do it. So no excuses. That's, That's my little, my little Lonita, yeah. She's my little, this whole time I was trying to look for somebody and never look in my home, own home and be like, Luna, we got this, so. And you too, girl, doing our workout. Girl, it's been, it's been tough. I think um, I've definitely um, have not been the healthiest last semester with the new transition and I, my body didn't feel good. I was sick for like two months. You know, it's a new transition. So my body's responding in different ways, especially when you start going into different schools. Um, I used, I was, well, I was doing a lot of different work in terms of like visiting different uh, school campuses, like high schools and middle schools. But also like, you know, you're waking up really early, blah, 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 not resting, not eating right. So and so I've been always been really active. And I think last semester I wasn't as active as I was before when I was writing my dissertation. Um, y entonces dije, no, es que luego... It's, I just feel like if we're going to be balancing academia and motherhood, like definitely movimiento so dope. And, and I was paying a lot for my, um, for my membership with OTF, which is Orange Theory Fitness and cycle bar and those are the two closest community spaces that are um they're not community spaces per se but community workouts close to where i live and that's like me being spoiled right like in la they're they're kind of far yucky like i have several different places i can places i can go work out and so i was like i don't want to like um give up on moving my body because i'm almost going to be 40 and so i want to continue having like a really healthy lifestyle porque I just, you know, that's the balance. Anyway, so um, I've I've always been going to. I've been I've always been. Uh, or not always. I'm sorry. I've been. Um, I started cycling at UCLA. Um, before I left, a year before I left. So it's been. I've been cycling for three years, indoor cycling, and they used to be really hard for me, but they were really good places where I I kind of describe taking cycling classes as cracking me open because it helped me with the stress and sometimes I ando chillando like 
crying, but nobody can tell because I'm sweating and nobody can tell because it's dark. Um, and now I go for like just to maintain the rhythm and so the strength of my legs and my body. But um, yeah, some really good classes here that they offer. I follow two, two actually three coaches at Cycle Bar, um, which is like Vernon, Thomas, and Darcy. And they you basically like twerking on your bike. So it's cool. <laughs> they're the ones that have like I the see videos, girl. I see videos. <laughs> Never done it, but I see videos. Yeah, girl. Like I can't wait to try that with you all. Cause there's a few studios in LA, independent studios. Like I already looked them up when I go do my job talk. I'm like, oh, I know where the the do the, the different studios are where I can go for one day um to twerk on my bike. Um but they're fun. You're, it's like Zumba, but on a bike. And it's better on my knees. And then I'm also coupling that with OTF. I've been going to OTF for almost a year, too. Um, but I've been trying to be more consistent because now my partner, and Phil, does it. And I feel like on that shit. Like, that feels good. Like, pero está flaquito también. Oh, he's doing it, too? Oh, man, that's good. Yeah. Um, he's really strong. He's such a strong um, person. So he's been doing it, and uh, him and his buddy, Carlos, they go together. Do you guys switch on, on days to take care of uh, Hanitio? Yeah, girl, we've, we've never gone to a class together because mm-hmm. we have to switch. We have to switch off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's crazy, huh? Like, And I, I keep on t- asking him, hey, you should come with me to a cycling class. Girl, it's been a year, and he hasn't been able to do it. Um, but that's the part of, like, you know, being far away. Yeah. But um, And then slowly getting back to running. I haven't run in a year and a half because um, of my knee. And also because of the weather, but I'm trying to push myself to not be scared of the cold here when when it comes to training. So um, I'm just trying to get a new pair of running shoes. I'm gonna, you know, I was asking Nike to sponsor me, <laughs> unofficially asking them to sponsor me, because um, the, the shoes that they're talking about that are good for like to reduce injury are pretty pricey. So a few homies sent um, sent me some Venmo money. They're really cute. So shout out to Mariana and to um, Gloria. They sent me so <laughs> they're so cute. Um, they sent me money to buy my shoes. So I'm trying to save money to get some better running shoes. Cause um, you know I'm I'm bigger. I'm bigger on the top. And you know genetically, my mom, myself, and some of my tias have knee problems. Cause estamos más grandes arriba, and all the weight goes into our knees, and our knees kind of go in this way. So there's a lot of pressure and weight. And even though I've been weight training for a while, I, I just, yeah, it's, I need, I need support in different ways. But anyway, why are we running, Judy? We're doing the half marathon. <laughs> this is my first time doing any kind of marathon. I've always loved running, but not for the sake of like um, exercise or staying healthy, but just on my escape. Since I was in, in high school, I remember I've never done track and field. I never done anything. I remember just like uh, when we would have PE, I would run. I would run, and it was it was it was good for me. It would calm me down my mind. Um, and so I would do that even um, uh, when I went to college. I would just run. I don't like to time myself because then I've, I've tried all that, and then it gets me like. Now I'm just, I'm just keeping track of the time. Like, oh my God, I have, you know, barely one mile or I'm not having, it distracts me. So that's why my, my cousin who's a runner, um, she's always like, time yourself, tell them how many miles, how fast, you know, how, how much time do you do within a mile? And it, it throws me off. So I don't do it, but I, I'm in, I am using the Nike app. I only did the marathon because it was free. Um, they've been doing, uh, Nike has been doing um, Dia de Familia, La Familia, out in, um, East LA and it's amazing. I went twice to Sundays and it's really, really cool. They provide two free shirts, a bag, they provide frutas, comida. I brought I took my dad, he was <laughs> he was dying. They they took my sister took him too. I took my my kids. Um and it's really it's an amazing event. And so the last uh Sunday that they had it, they were signing folks up to do the half marathon for free. That's the only reason why I did it, girl. Cause I would not pay for someone to make me run. <laughs> so uh, my cousin's like, come on, you're always saying that you're not going to pay it. It's free. You don't have an excuse. And so I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. Um, but then I thought, what the heck am I doing? I haven't ran forever. Um, I think, I don't even know. <laughs> I think the last time um, my cousin's always been really helpful. She would always make me run with her. And I think the last time I was really running, I started running back at my high school when I moved back home. 
with her and I think it was like day three and she was like come on let's go run and I and I opened the door I'm like hey I'm pregnant that was with Joaquin oh wow <laughs> no and that was the last time we were actually being you know consistent with our running or at least somewhat in shape and that went down the drain real quick because by then I was like I don't have time I don't have energy nothing so getting back to it four years later is hard I feel my my you feel your your body heavy you know it's heavy my arms I can even lift horrible I don't know how we're gonna make it so maybe <laughs> maybe we do a podcast after the 13.1 or whatever let's <laughs> see how we sound yeah but, I mean I don't know how I'm gonna make it either it's I haven't ran uh siempre me apuntado dije I'm gonna do it the last few years you know no no I wouldn't do it right because I was like oh my god my body but I I think this time around, and we're running with running mommies from Boyle Heights. You know, Mishpin, a group of other mujeres are leading this group. So we're, we're running with running mommies. And um, pues las tres que somos ahorita, for now, it's yourself, Judy, Cecilia, mm -hmm. and, and who's been running with them for a while, and myself. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm the last addition to running, representing the Chicana Motherwork Collective. Pero pues, girl, aunque, aunque estamos gateando, we're going we're gonna to finish that half marathon. Um, yeah. I'm already trying to find excuses. Like, well, technically, like, do I have to run? Like, what happens if you don't make it all, <laughs> all the way? Like, I'm going to correr, right? <laughs> no, Judy, you better not because you know I'm flying in, right? Like, I'm going to have to fly in. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like, you don't have to have to, like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what happens? Is there a certain time where they say, okay, yeah, well, good job. You tried? Yeah. <laughs> or do they wait for you? I think the most is seven hours. Seven hours? Uh -huh. But this, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the policies for this one. Like, I think, yeah. yeah. We'll, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it. We'll make it happen. We're training, so. Yes. Anything else you want to say before we can ask folks, like, if they want, if they're ever interested in a topic or have any questions for us. To email yeah. us at chicanamotherwork at gmail.com. Anything else, Judy, that you want to add? Any any comments of affirmations that you're going through the same thing I'm going through? It does empower me. I suck at being in social media, but then when I read people's, you know, sharing their struggles with homework, anything, it, it does. I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm good. I'm good. So any affirmations that we're in this all together are would be greatly appreciated. Anything that you can share with us in terms of as we're Whenever mommy's training, running, um, it's it is different on the body, so um, honoring that change too. But send us an email. Um, we'll, we'll try our best. One of us will respond. Um, and it's good to be back, and it's good to chat with you, Judy. Yes, we did it. We did our first one. <laughs> trying to do this consecutively, so las que puedan, you know, we'll do it. But it's it's hard. It's hard to even get our meetings going with all of this, but. Yeah. We'll figure it out. In the meanwhile, everybody take care, be safe, stay hydrated, and have a good rest of your week. Please don't forget to follow us on social media at Chicana Motherwork on Instagram and Facebook and at Chicana Mothers on Twitter. And please rate our podcast so people like you can find us. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We want to thank Dr. Marta Gonzalez for giving us permission to use the music of Entre Mujeres Sirena for our intro and Vagabundo from Quetzal for our outro. To purchase our book, you can order it through the University of Arizona Press and you can find the link on our website at chicanamotherwork.com. If you want to book us for events, email us at chicanamotherwork at gmail.com or for any other question or to engage with us, we look forward to hearing from you.